Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Go in Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel Office, where each day we look at one of our college lectionary texts and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Michael Jordan. I'm Dean of the Chapel here at Houghton. It is Friday the 13th today. Uh, I don't know if there has been another Friday the 13th since that fateful one in March when we all uh, began to split up and go our separate directions. I remember on Wednesday, March 11th or Thursday, March 12th, calling our chapel speaker and saying, I don't think we're going to have chapel on Friday <laughs> and canceling that and putting it off. And uh, uh, boy, it's been a weird eight months since then. But glad to have you today and glad to uh, be thinking about the gifts of God in the midst of this crazy time together. Our texts for today are Psalm 13. Ecclesiastes 5, 18 to 20, and 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 12. And uh, I'll be sharing with you some thoughts about the New Testament passage today, 1 Corinthians 14. Let me read a bit from that, starting in verse 1. Pursue love and strive for the spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. For those who speak in a tongue do not speak to other people but to God, for nobody understands them since they're speaking mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, those who prophesy speak to other people for their building up an encouragement and consolation. Those who speak in a tongue build up themselves, but those who prophesy build up the church. Now, I would like all of you to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. One who prophesies is greater than one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church may be built up. Now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I speak to you in some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? It's the same way with lifeless instruments that produce sounds, such as the flute or the harp. If they do not give distinct notes, how will anyone know what's being played? And if the bugle gives an indistinct sound, who will get ready for battle? Excuse me, just a second. Sorry. So with yourselves, if in a tongue you utter speech that's not intelligible... How will anyone know what is being said? For you will be speaking into the air. There are doubtless many different kinds of sounds in the world, and nothing is without sound. If then I do not know the meaning of a sound, I'll be a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker a foreigner to me. So with yourselves, since you are eager for spiritual gifts, strive to excel in them for building up of the church. Well, this passage is one that, uh, you know, as a speaker, a Christian speaker, and one who my, my speech is closer to prophecy than tongues, at least most of my sermons, I hope. Um, prophecy is not simply foretelling the future in scripture, but it's this idea of speaking God's word. And I, I take very seriously that idea when I'm preaching that, uh, that, that a sermon can become God's word for, for his people. Um, but, but this kind of contest between prophecy and tongues um, and, and Paul sort of giving the nod to prophecy in some ways. Of course, that's something, again, us preachers look at it and we're very, it totally makes sense to us about why that would be important. Um, and certainly I think Paul would say, right, the, it's important if you're going to have ecstatic speech like tongues, then you also have to have edifying and educative speech alongside. I do think Paul's a little bit hard on ecstatic speech here. Um, I don't think ecstatic speech is pointless. I don't think speaking in tongues is, is pointless. Um, and, and that's part of what he says, right? He goes on to say, if it's interpreted, it's, it's fine. Uh, but it's kind of a language that people can use with God. And I certainly have known people, I have not experienced this myself, but I certainly know people who experience speaking in tongues as kind of a, 
a private prayer connection that they have with God. Um, but Paul's point is actually not maybe as hard as we sometimes make it out to be. I think in churches like the Wesleyan Church sometimes, in our concern about the gift of tongues being abused, we sometimes miss part of what Paul's saying here, which is ecstatic speech can say a lot about God, right? Paul says, hey, with an interpreter, so that people know what's being said, um, this can be a very valuable gift. And indeed, if there is an interpreter, it shouldn't be thought of as beneath prophecy at all, says Paul. Um, but educative and, and educational and coherent, understandable speech does that as well. Uh, I think one of the things that's really chastening in a healthy way for me as a person who falls in that prophecy, educative speech side of things, is in verse 3, he gives us criteria for prophecy as well. Right? Those who prophesy speak to other people, yep, for their building up and encouragement and consolation. So that's a pretty important thing to keep in mind. Part of why Paul says educative speech, to whatever degree he says that is superior to tongues in the body of Christ, it's because prophecy can build up and give courage and bring consolation. So it's not that prophecy is valued because it's hard-hitting, or even because it's exegetical and, and teaches someone new content about God. Um, it has to be upbuilding and encouraging and consoling. So it's not just dry speech, but it has an emotional component. It speaks to the spirit. So intentionally ecstatic emotional speech like tongues, right? It needs a coherent component. But coherent speech, that kind of educative piece, it has to have an emotional component to be what it's called to be. And I sometimes really worry about this as I look at kind of uh, what the kind of state of preaching in the evangelical world, right? There's a way that we sometimes look at preaching and we say, like, it's really good if blank. And, and in some circles, it's really good if, it, if it's, like, meaty, you know? Like, if it gives me a bunch of new insights. And so it just, you know, script, uh, preachers in that... Uh, tradition tend to be very focused on their exegetical work and like finding out all these interesting nuggets and it, preaching is there to kind of feed the mind you know and I'm, I certainly hope that if you hear preaching from me that it's well educated and accurate but I also think there's got to be something more to preaching than just filling the mind there's another side of uh, uh, another side of the evangelical world that really values preaching like I say that's hard-hitting and if a sermon makes you uncomfortable, it's considered to be really good. So that sermon, like, cut me really close. And that's something that sometimes students will say to me. And I, I, I listen appreciatively, although I want to be really careful. Like, I, you know, the point of a sermon is not to have a preacher up there who just, like, says whatever he wants to kind of offend people and, um, you, know, you know, speaks the truth in such a way that it's completely unaware of the human dynamic of who they're talking to, right? And so both of those ways of speaking, I think, can be really dangerous, and it's at least incomplete. Because what, what Paul says here is, right, uh, prophecy is really good because it builds up, because, because it encourages, because it consoles. So if you're a preacher, I just would ask you to keep that in mind. Before you go reading this text only as, as kind of prioritizing prophecy over tongues, what he's saying is tongues have to have an interpreter to be valuable. But also prophecy has requirements to be consoling, to be encouraging, to be upbuilding. I would encourage you to think about your sermon on Sunday in that light.
God, we're thankful for the privilege of preaching the word, and I take so seriously the idea that preaching is one of my ways that I can partner with you to bring your word into the world and, and to let it bear fruit, um, and I'm so grateful for that and humbled by that, that task and that calling. We pray, God, um, that as we think about these things, that as we think about how to approach uh, the, the awesome task of prophecy, that you would help us to keep in mind these important reminders to be uh, upbuilding, to be encouraging, to be consoling, to realize that these are real people that we're speaking to and not merely allies or obstacles to our own agenda, but precious people that you love who need to hear your truth and also need to see you represented in the way that that truth is shared. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Well, it's been a privilege to share with you about the gifts of God this week, and I'll look forward to sharing with you more next week. Our theme next week is darkness and light, and so we'll be sharing. Uh, all, all the scripture texts will have something to do with darkness and light next week, and then before you know it, we'll be into Thanksgiving week, which is an astounding reality. So we'll look forward to talking with you then. Until then, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.